Hello and welcome to Mindset Musings Podcast, recorded from officially the most entrepreneurial city in the country, Portsmouth. Ben Miles, co-founder of one of the UK's largest music festivals, and Cy Gardner, co-founder of one of the hot 100 and fastest growing recruitment companies in Britain, search far and wide for what drives the most successful people from their chosen sectors, business, leadership, sports, and media. Now over to Ben and Simon for this week's show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mindset Musings. This week I will be interviewing my co-host Simon, Simon Gardner. How are you Simon? Yes, very well. Thank you Ben. Uh, so we're, we're turning the spotlight on Simon today. We're going to have a chat about his background, um, his journey so far, building his business, and um, some some other bits and bobs mind, mindset related. So, Simon, yes, your upbringing. Born and raised in Portsmouth. Um, both my parents. We haven't got a <coughs> big extended family down here. Both my sort of parents were were from. Uh, well, my mum was from Liverpool. Uh, my dad was from Warsaw, which is a small town just outside Birmingham. Um, and they actually met down here at the university, or well, back then, you know, what was the Polytechnic, um, and and had me and my brother. Um, so both sort of, you know, from working class backgrounds, um, and they were both the sort of first people from their families to, to sort of go to university. So um, <clears throat> to be able to afford that. Um, I know they both worked very, very hard. Um, Dad had sort of three jobs. Um, he worked at the sort of local news agents from like eight years old. You know, it's one of these sort of stories and he'll always, he'll always tell you the stories if you ask him. Um, uh, make sure you've not got much to do after because, uh, you know, they can they can drag on. But um, but so I, I think that's kind of where, uh, you know, a lot of my, me and, and my brother's drive comes from really is because obviously we've seen how much they pushed our, our family on from obviously the, the the sort of you know happy but humble uh, kind of upbringing they had um and then you know if we if we didn't do the same um it yeah obviously you know we would have felt slightly slightly out of place really but um so yeah both both my granddads were were in the second world war uh, both were in the d-day landings actually um and my granddad from warsaw he worked down the sort of coal mines for 40 years so you know we, we're talking tough hard hard work here and I think you know both my parents had had sort of seen um that that sort of family setting and, and decided that you know that that wasn't for them so they 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 progressed their careers if you like through sort of education and and um you know me and my brother have sort of done it through sort of mainly entrepreneurialism I'd say um you know not necessarily um kind of kind of great grades um you know I, I mean I mean I was a, I was a, I was an average student I got okay grades and I ended up going to university but really um you know I sort of underperformed I'd say um compared to compared to what I should have done so school wise I, I went to primary school in South Sea um and then from there the only sort of reasonable um school to go to um they 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 kind of cut their, their, their main ties with a feeder school, which was Priory, um, and we lived outside the catchment area. The only school available was a, was a school that um, my parents didn't really fancy sending us to, or the option was to go go to a private school, which I don't really think, one, we could afford, and two, um, you know, where, where my dad had actually stood for, for labour in the, in, the, in the general election around about that time, you know, we weren't going to be sent to private school, you know. So we ended up having to go to um, Swanmore, which was... Uh, a school about 15 miles away that's where my dad went to school did he oh nice enough, nice yeah. nice yeah yeah um it, and and you know what we were cursing it for the first six months i'm sure but um it was a really good school we really enjoyed it um we, we got a lot from it it meant that you know we could really we really opened our social network um and it taught us a lot of independence um you know the, the the plan was for us to sort of move out there and after about six months of you know going out and looking at houses every saturday morning before you know it you're into a routine and we just and it just sort of stuck but um we we kind of got pretty much dropped into school by, by my dad on his way to work but on the way home we had to it was a 
the, the, the bus was an hourly bus, but it came 50 minutes after the end of the school day. So they didn't let us leave 10 minutes early. So we had to wait for 50 minutes, basically, um, uh, uh, you know, after the end of the school day. Then it took an hour and 15 minutes on the bus. Well, it was a long, windy bus. It came all the way from Winchester, all the way down the motorway through Fairham. But, and this was obviously before the days of smartphones and podcasts and stuff like that. You know, I couldn't, you know, so it gave me a lot of thinking time. Um, and I think me and my brother worked out, we went more than, you know, more, more miles than around the planet on that bus. So um, I think that's where a lot of my visualization and mind strength came from without kind of realizing it. Um, you know, there's not a lot much to do other than gaze out the window. Um, you know, and, and that, and that I still get caught in those moments now, you know, people will, I'll be at work, I'll be looking out the window or I'll be drifting in and out of conversations and it's, and, and I'll be thinking about things that I could do to improve things. And, you know, that's where I do a lot of my work is basically just sat looking out the window in, in my mind. Um, quite often it's, uh, my head's a noisy place to be sometimes. Um, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it all sort of came from that bus, I'd say. So um, after you finished your, your school years, um, yep. on to higher education? Yep. So went to college in Eastleigh, which was um, a mad decision, really. But um, again, I'd, I'd had the scenario <clears throat> after primary school where you, you sort of, you know, leave one social network. And this is before, obviously, you know, your Facebooks and it's easy to stay in touch with people. Um, so stayed in touch with a few people from primary school etc etc but you do end up losing touch with quite a few people I didn't want that to happen I had a sort of innate fear of that happening again so I ended up going where most people from our school went which was Barton Peveril College in Eastleigh and again it was um you know you jumped on the train it took an hour but it was really good we ended up having nights out in Portsmouth and then Southampton and then and then it just sort of expanded where, where I sort of traveled to across across Hampshire rather than just being stuck in one corner of one town um my, my attendance did get patchy, I must admit, but um, there, there was a my, my sort of most memorable moment from from school, really. And this is kind of, you know, played back in later life was where I hadn't been to the business studies class for, for like a few weeks. Um, so much so that they'd actually move rooms without, <laughs> without me knowing. <laughs> when I when I tracked down the room, um, I got in there and we'd had an, in like an internal sort of mock exam or something few weeks before and the whole class was copying out my answer um on an overhead projector that the teacher had printed obviously so he was he he had to have a go at me but he was quite embarrassed because they were sort of using my answer as like a model answer um <laughs> so that that was you know that was those days but um yeah we we did enjoy college and it was it was it was good years i think um it sounds vaguely similar to me um I didn't get the best school GCSE results. No. Uh, I'm not advocating mucking around at school. Uh, quite the opposite. I wish I'd concentrated a bit more. Uh, my friends always used to joke that I could spell budge with my GCSE results, which is uh, nothing <laughs> yeah. to be proud of. And um, college, again, yeah, likewise, it was was patchy. Uh, I didn't actually end up leaving with the uh, qualification from there either. No. Sorry sorry to anyone listening who thought I did. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's, that's not to advocate uh, messing around with your academic studies, of course, but um, it's it's also proof, I think, yourself and I are living, living proof that you, you can go on to do other stuff. It's not it's not the be all and end all. It's not, um, it's not. And, and, I, and I think a lot of these formative years are basically the, you know, half of it is really the connections you make. The ability to build relationships is really important. The ability to communicate with people from, from you know, different backgrounds and stuff which which is kind of the exposure I had when I went to uni um again you know I, I, my one regret really is not moving away for uni I, but I'd done so much traveling for school and college <laughs> in the end I went to um you've seen the whole of the M3 I saw yeah <laughs> the, the M27 baby I was up and down there like you wouldn't believe but um so I went to Portsmouth University um and they did have a good business school and and, and I did enjoy it and, and it you know um, and, and I did do sort of okay. I got a two-one, but I've, I've, you know, I've made links with the university re again recently, and um, it's a great organisation. You know, they really, they really are excellent. Um, but whilst at uni, everyone on our, on our course had to had to enter what we called the Enterprise Challenge, but it was open to the whole of the university, and it was basically to submit a business idea. Um, or, you know, uh, an invention or something. I think there were different categories. But in our course, we had to do it. So I, I've sort of put something together and submitted it. 
Um, and then they did like a little awards do or whatever. Um, but I ended up actually winning that. Um, and with that came the option to have a year off to run that business, um, which I snapped the hand off at, to be fair. But um, I was on a four-year sandwich course anyway. Um, and I would have had to have gone into, you know, you know, gone and got a job or, or you know, done sort of admin for, for I don't know, a car dealership or whatever. Um, but... Uh, I decided to to take take them up, so they gave gave me a thousand pounds and a year off. Um, and the idea was, um, I don't know where it came from, but it was it was it was a uh, there wasn't like you write moves and bits and bobs at the time, but it was a website aimed at where student landlords or landlords of student properties could advertise their property basically to the student market. Um, and I you know ended up launching it, ended up actually expanding it beyond just the student market and ended up getting some pretty big, big, big advertisers, although it was free for them to advertise. My, my model was to get, you know, to swell the, the adverts and then kick in a charge. Um, but that charge never came. And I think part of me actually bottled it, uh, uh, you know, a little bit. My mum, my mum also bottled that, um, which yeah, probably kind of did, but I actually had an offer from a, from, um, from a company in, in, in Scotland that did the same stuff to actually buy, just buy the database of everyone that I'd, kind of won their advertising account over over that year um and then that actually paid for me partly paid for me um to, to actually go traveling with my mates after uni um they'd all been in sort of full-time work since i was 16 or whatever and i was like you know i really wanted to go so so four four of us actually ended up going traveling after that and we we went to you know you know the usual cliche countries but it, it was amazing we went to australia i think we were away for about four months did you um did you when you went through that uh, winning that award at university is that yeah was that when it first sort of sparked in you that you knew you wanted to go down seriously down the business route or did you were you kind of set yeah I from think an earlier age I, I know what you mean so um all my college choices at uh, um, all my course choices at college were all you know business studies economics law I, I wanted to I wanted to run a business sort of thing and um but strangely went down the education route to kind of try and learn about that and I just don't think for all the for all the want and, and, and all the will in the world it's, it's too theoretical um you know I, I think you know I learned more from my sort of first job that will come on to in six months really than 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 obviously what you'll learn at, you know, especially at college I mean at university it was excellent um and, and the and the and the the theoretical side of it was excellent and and you know what we I use and call back on more knowledge at university since our company got to sort of 50, 60 people plus because it was all organisational structure. It was the theory of motivation. It was, you know, stuff like this. When it's just two of you in a room trying to trying to trying to stay alive, there's no theory involved whatsoever. But so I am calling back on more and more of that now, and I, and I you know, certainly don't regret it. Yeah, and it's the it's the networking opportunities that come with it, like you, like you mentioned. Um, sorry, anyway, back to your back to your travelling. Yeah, so travelling, so. Um, we, we, we went around, you know, it wasn't, we didn't, <laughs> certainly didn't go and find ourselves or whatever. It was just four lads from Pompey, often wearing Pompey shorts, Pompey shirts. Um, you know, we were in the Premier League at the time, so all the, all the games were on. It was basically just like the in-betweeners for um, having, a, having a series of, of two-week holidays in different countries. Um, you, you never know. The, the script writer for the in-betweeners might have been sat watching you guys and both... Yeah based it on that you know yeah know. maybe maybe yeah you can have it on for free certainly over there I, I i bought in a bookshop richard branson's autobiography and i remember reading that and that actually went round um you know my mate sam then read it and someone else read it and it was you know um certainly in the last two or three weeks of that trip i was i wasn't itching to get back in any sense but there was part of me that thought right when i get back i'm going to do something and i think that book really sort of tipped it off for me um and then returned back to the UK and um, try, you know, applied for a few jobs. wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, um, and I ended up going back to the uni. And they had like an outreach program, like a sort of placement thing. And and they ended up placing me at a, a, um, at a recruitment company. Obviously, you, had, you know, you, you didn't just place there. You had to go through the the rigmaroles of the interview. Um, and having chatted to one of the directors after that actually recruited me that he he said that he didn't see enough or what or was his, his manager under him didn't see enough in me during the three rounds of interviews to offer me a role apart from the business to business aspect of my little business that I ran during that sandwich sandwich year so what seemed like a bit of a waste of time and a bit of a wasted year actually ended up um getting me my, my first job effectively 
And I was there three and a half years um, and it was in Whiteley. Um, and I remember there was like half the office were Southampton fans, half the office were Portsmouth fans. And I was like, right, I'm, uh, you know, and I went in there and I meant business basically. And I thought, right, what do I need to do to be the best here? You know, who do I need to buddy up to? What traits, you know, and I, and I looked at it basically quite pragmatically and said, right, you know, this isn't a hugely enjoyable working environment. I won't name the company, but, you know, great company to, to learn from initially but um you know they had some funny ways of trying to retain their staff and i think actually it was in their business model to try and get rid of them after about three four years maybe and they just used that sort of conveyor belt of grad um that they didn't have to pay very much to move their business forward um so but having said that i learned some good stuff met some good people um and then the 2008 2009 recession hit uh, most of my clients were local authorities, so I had like a year's grace because their budgets had already been set. But all around me, it was, people were going. It was dis, it was just decimating. We had a we had a really good team, but you know, half of them were off to Australia, half of them were were you know just going elsewhere. Um, and me and my mate, you know, there there were some really strange answers to some big problems that were going on there. Um, you know, just do more of this, just do more of that mate there's a there's a global recession going on you know our clients are losing their jobs they're not they're not they're not wanting people they're not going to want to recruit people into their team so we me and my colleague um james we we decided look if we're going to start again which is basically what we've been asked to do we might as well do it you know on, on our own so that that's what we did we we we, we then set up carrington west yeah and that's probably sort of around the time because we've mentioned in a previous episode you and i know each other um, your, your dad was my teacher at school, but um, yeah. through your brother mainly, more so, who um, ended up, uh, I, we ended up working together, his company and my company. So I, I vaguely remember first meeting you around the time, I think just before you'd started uh, Carrington West. Yeah. But yeah, tell us tell us a bit about that. That's, that's the start of the kind of upward trajectory of your own your own beginnings. That's it. So we we wanted to build a big company um and we were pretty clear about that um but we had to start small we had no choice um my my colleague james actually sort of just jacked one day when i when i when i had a day off and he was going into um he was going into his end of quarter review and he hadn't done it basically and he knew we were leaving but we needed an extra few months to save up you know, some salary to, to, to sort of get going and, and finish or even start our business plan. But I came out of the cinema one day and I just had a text going, mate, I've done it. We needed to do it, blah, blah. And loads of, loads of false justifications as to why he just basically didn't want to do his <laughs> review. Um, and that was it. We I, I then left about two, three weeks after that and we were up and running. But so we, we had no office. He lived in Chichester. We had no cars. We had to hand back our company cars. And it was pretty brutal. You know, it's pretty brutal. You just you hand back your keys. You haven't got a car. You have to get a lift back from the office. Um, so I had to for the first few weeks, we we needed somewhere to work. So my brother quite kindly offered us the spare room in his sort of converted garage, basically. Um, and I, you know, for the first couple of weeks, I had to walk there. Um, I lived in the center of town then, and you know, I, I knew the coming the other way were, were all of my sort of Portsmouth colleagues from from that company driving on the motorway, and I, you know, I was walking the opposite direction in January um, to, towards a towards a converted garage, and um, you know, quite rightly, we didn't want to cost him too much, so we the, it was it was agreed that we wouldn't have the heating on too much, so we literally had to sit there with um, fingerless gloves because it was cold. You could see your breath. It was January. And we had to start a business and we had nothing, you know, um, added to that, my sort of mates that had all gone traveling decided to do the second half of that trip um, a couple of years later. And they'd gone to, they were in South America during the first few weeks of, of me setting that up. So it was just like, what am I doing? I remember <laughs> you know? coming in, I remember coming into that unit that you're talking about because your brother's office was in the other half, wasn't yep. it? Or, yep. Well, mainly the whole building. And um, I remember looking through the door and I'm not making this up. I remember you with your gloves on, you know, oh, really? like, a, yeah, yeah. like a, like a, like a wallpaper paste table or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's laptop, what it was. Yeah, and you, yeah. you sort of wave through the door and, and then I think your brother said, Oh, Simon's just sort of starting up his own company. He's just having the spare room for a bit. But I mean, what, what was that like for you? You mentioned, obviously you jacked in, you're walking to work, yeah. you've given up your car. So it, it, it's big and scary. Those kind of moments I, I imagine, but yeah. also, alluding back to when you'd read the Richard Branson book and you knew in your mind 
that, that you're coming back and you had a bit of a purpose and uh, something that you wanted to chase yeah. as, as kind of scary that was being out on a limb back, back down a few rungs of the ladder, if you like, yeah. did you have a tinge of excitement in you that oh, you mate, were, it was, on your it own? Was, it was, we'd come from such an oppressive atmosphere that when we were sat in that garage, honestly, those were some of the best days. Um, and then, you know, soon after we, we, we moved on and, and when we had like, you know, Nick, Nick Rowe, Alex Kerr and Blaine Cahill start in the years after they were some of the best days. And it's, you know, it, it, it was exciting times. We could do anything we wanted. We could go anywhere we wanted. We could, you know, there were no, there, there were no rules other than doing the best possible job for the client. Whereas that was never the, really the, you know, that, that, you know, that, 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 that wasn't the case in in previous life um but so I, I bought a car i bought a car in the end it was 250 quid um and i actually put a post on this on, on my instagram a, a few months ago um and it was one of the almost the kickstarters to to understanding who i am um and how i'm motivated i remember when my partner at the time um i went to pick her up from from the barbecue um i think it was a barbecue it might have even been, i remember it was a cub pub car park whatever um and um and a few of her friends came out and a few of them were you know odd they they they'd known me as someone that earned like, quite a lot of money quite young in a recruitment business with a big flash car that they've been given and obviously now i'm i'm in a 250 pound white citroen saxo and you know for me that's cool because i know where i'm going but for for one of those people in particular, and I can I know exactly who it is. Well, obviously, won't name her. The rest of them were really quite complimentary. Oh, you know, congrats on your new business, blah blah blah. You know, she she didn't just make one or two jokes. She she went on about it for about twenty minutes. Obviously, drunk. I'm sober. I'm picking up my partner. Um, and it was in those moments I thought, you know what? Um, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Um, and. I can remember exactly what, what she said. You know, I mean, she's probably somewhere, she's probably somewhere now with her dad still paying her credit card off. Um, whereas, you know, other people do things slightly differently. And I, and I, I will never put down someone that starts, you know, anything. I'll always offer them help because I know in that moment what it felt like. Um, but, but yeah. Um, I think you and I are quite similar on that. And we, we've spoken about this point before, haven't we, about the, uh, the naysayers being, being a, a big driver in it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, no, totally. Um, and it was, it was us against the world. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we'd taken on our first, our first employee. He was our old team leader from, from our previous company. Um, he'd, he'd, he'd left about a year before. Um, he'd gone and done something else. He he phoned us up. Oh, is there any, you know, blah, blah, is there any jobs going? We'd built up the monthly income to just about start paying ourselves. And this was approaching month eight. We hadn't had any money since, for, for, and not one pound entered our bank account in the first eight months. And then we made the decision to offer everything that we'd, you know, the residual profit to this, to, to, to our first employee effectively. And for whatever reason, you know, he was, he was excellent. Um, and, and he still was, but, something that just clicked in him and he you know he either didn't believe in it or whatever but for whatever reason it didn't work so from about from about the august 2011 to up to the christmas christmas and it was literally a few days before christmas we me and james looked at the bank account and we're like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to fold this if we can't we're gonna have to cut cut him free and literally just had a baby just come back from maternity leave we're like look mate we, we can't you know and we, we all sort of hugged it out and that was that but that was a really really low moment but what it meant was we're now 12 months and we haven't had a single single pound in our bank account um you know coming from a, a big salary and you know you know a salary that people work their entire lives to 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 build towards and probably sometimes sometimes won't ever reach i was earning that at 24 25 and and we just you know and we just given that up we we were it was one of those things where i have you know have we done the right thing here the, the new year came in 2012 and then we we decided to change our environment so again we just got a bit more into debt we took out the smallest cubby hole in the best office in Portsmouth basically which is Lakeside um and then and then and then the big break came for context um for the listeners um just we'll, we'll come on to a minute uh what Carrington West is who who you are what you yeah, do sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, no no that's fine but so would you say 
just before we do move on to that, that 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 point was your lowest point. Obviously, like you say, the fellas just had a baby. Yeah, uh, you, you've got no money coming in the door, hmm. um, and you were like, "We need, you know, this might not even survive. The company might not survive." Would you say that was? It was. It was. A, it was a terribly low point. Um, not you know, if you think previous previous Christmases at our old company, you know, it's a big there's a big Christmas party. It's like you know. Dicky bow ties. We we sat in a small pub in, in Portsmouth, basically set you know, getting rid of our our first employee. He was a friend um, who just had a baby, and you know, um, yeah, it was tough. It really, 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 really was. And and the and the biggest worry was that you're going into the Christmas break, and the recruitment, you know, the recruitment industry effectively has a shutdown for, for two weeks. You can't, you know, you can't do anything about it. And and I'm, and you're thinking, are these people right? You know, are these people that sort of laughed laughed at us and and continued to to take the Mickey out of us? Are they, are they have they got it spot on? You know, that it was it was it was a tough tough time. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I've I've been in sort of similar situations myself before. Um, so it, so if that was sort of the lowest point, you said you decided to rally with your business partner and yep. you, you you went and got the new office. Yep. So Carrington West is now a year old. Just for the benefit of the listeners, do you want to just explain a little bit about Carrington West, who you are? Yep, yep. So um, we um, we are, we're effectively a recruitment company that operate in the UK built environment market. So we we um, supply either interim um, professionals from the building buildings, rail, highways, town planning, um, water and utility sectors. Or so either interim staff where people, you know, clients need people for sort of six to 12 month period or permanent placements into the same markets, basically. So that's what we do. Uh, so you've so you've done your first office move. Yeah. Your business model's up and running. You've had a pretty rocky year one. Yeah. Um, but you've you've not let it put you off. So so where where do you go from there? I mean, your trajectory has been pretty, pretty steady and pretty, pretty solid. So but where do you go from that point? Yeah, so I mean, our, our our biggest mistake up to that point was probably not writing a business plan. Um, you know, we 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 thought we knew it all, um, but we only knew about ten percent of it. So, but after the first year, we'd kind of got our head around the big mess that we'd created, and from there, we started to systemize. We started to process. Um, you know, we, we we can come onto it, but that is my probably my main strength, and it comes from those early days of sitting on the bus and thinking about improvements and thinking about tweaks and thinking about this, you know, I, I can sit there for two hours, look at the wall and, and come out with a, with a whole new system for something. So we needed to put processes in place. We needed to sharp, sharpen things up. Um, and what we started to do there, we, we, um, we used to go to the harvester. Every, <laughs> we used to go to the harvester every Friday afternoon for a bit of lunch, cobble together fiver for, for some chicken. And we used to sit there and have, a bit of a treat after like working, you know, 60 hours in, in five days, um, you know, how, how we, we, that was our time to work on the business. How are we going to, how are we going to build this company? My colleague, um, my mate, James, he used to spin that spin a bit of paper around and draw out uh, an org chart with 70 people on it. And it's still me and him just in a broom cupboard. Um, you know, it, it seemed quite strange to watch, to, to see these drawings, but actually this is exactly what happened. And it's, you know, it's these subconscious and subconscious decisions to to do something, which means you're working towards every day, whether you know it or not. I listened to an interview with yourself and your business partner, James, recently. And he um, talked about the fable about building a cathedral. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you got... He uh, loves that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Essentially, uh, for, for the benefit of the listeners, it, it, you've got, th- you got three fellas. You ask the first one, what are you doing? I'm laying bricks. You You speak to the second guy, what are you doing? I'm chucking some stones down. You speak to the third guy, he says, I'm building a cathedral. Yeah. And it's about having that grand vision. You you put a lot of pride into nurturing your staff and coaching them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. So that, that that's a big mantra of yours, isn't it? Totally. And um, you know, so that's that that was certainly later. Um, I think for the first <clears throat> so then so just to fill in a bit, so 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 Nick and Al were at our previous company, they'd left to go and uh, Al had left to go traveling for uh, for a year or six months he came back um and his his best mate in the company they they sort of contacted us and said look we want to do what you guys have done and and set up a you know a, a, a recruitment company in our sectors which were non-competing but complementary um and you know after back and backwards and forth and i went to a couple of meetings with them in london with some some people that wanted to invest in their company and 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 then we sort of set up a meeting the same day and we were like look you know 
rather than us set up two sort of small bedroom operations here, why don't we get together as a four um, and we sort of, you know, we set each other milestones as to, um, as to you know, get married essentially in, in business terms. And, and that's kind of what we did. Um, and we used to, we signed over parts of the company as they hit certain milestones. To be fair, they came in and absolutely smashed it, absolutely smashed it. Um, and then from there, you've got four. Well, now four people, you know, can get their fifth employee. It's not as, it's not as awkward as walking into a company with just two. Um, then you've got six, then you've got seven. And, and we, our first sort of 12, 15 hires, if you like, were people that were, were just our mates really. Um, so it was great times, you know, it was, it was fun times. It was, um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was a, it was a good time to be here. Um, and you know, the office, every time we got someone, they had to smash down a wall for us. And it was, you know, it was, it was just, it was, it was good to see it grow. Um, and it was really sort of, you know, the, that underdog story that we always talk about. And then we reached a period of sort of 20, 25 employees. Then we started to really think, right, we've run out of, we've run out of people now. They're either working here don't or, or don't work in the industry anymore, or, you know, we, we like them, but they ain't going to get a job. Um, and um, so we started to then roll out, you know, induction programs, training programs. You know, why is someone going to come and join a company of 20 people where it's pretty clicky and 18 of them know each other, um, or they can go to a huge company um, and, and, and get trained. Well, one is you need to pay them, pay them what they're worth. Um, whereas not everyone does that. So we pay, you know, we pay top, top commission and and we look after people in that sense. You know, the the, the package we give people is, is second to none. We take them on holiday every year. If they want a new iPhone, they can have it. You know, we, we really put them at the centre of everything we do. Um, you know, there's always training sessions going on, internal ones, external ones. You know, you can't get a room here now because it, there's always a training session going on. Um, and we, we, it's culminated. We've just won an award, actually. Um, the investors and people awarded us the best learning and development program in the UK. Um, that was, there was two, two size awards, basically companies up to 250. Um, and, and we won that, um, which is huge. If you think about that, because, you know, we, we were accused by our main competitors of not even having a, a database, not even having a, you know, forget a training system they just assumed that we were just jokers cold cobbling all together mm -hmm. um the the winner of that large award was lloyd's bank so you know we we, we do things properly here um and and hopefully our staff benefit from that we you know we deal we deal in really niche industries so you know it, it can get quite technical but if someone's been here for six years and in your main competition they've only been there for 12 months and they keep you know each client has to deal with someone new after 12 months you know we, we, we've got six times the knowledge in our consultants of a really niche industry so they actually become they become stakeholders in the industry that just happens to be a recruiter they're not recruiters in town planning or highways they're they're you know they're experts in that industry I was going to ask you, I was going to bring it up actually about the awards you've won, um, that investors and people one is fantastic. Um, but that's not the only one, is it? You've, you've scooped, you scooped a lot of awards. For your we, we love an award here. I must admit, you know, <laughs> we do um, quite a lot of the guys out there have all won individual ones, but we've won, I, I suppose the highlights are we've won the best recruitment company in the UK to work for twice. That's mega. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, there's over twenty five thousand recruitment businesses. Um, obviously, not all apply. I get that, but <laughs> yeah. um, but so we won that in two thousand sixteen, and then again in two thousand nineteen. I know, I know um, you don't. I know. Sorry to interrupt, but I know you don't do it for the recognition for winning an awards necessarily. No, no. But again, if I just take you back to when you were in the garage, you got your two hundred and fifty pound car. Yeah, it makes those moments that little bit, little bit more sweeter. No doubt. Yeah, it it it, it does as well, and it. it Yes, it's a pat on the back, um, and obviously it's a great internal recruitment tool. You know, as 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 we know, but people want to people want to work for, for companies that are, that are that are winning. You know, they want to work for companies. There's nothing wrong with wanting to win. You know, they, there's I, I think that's a you know that's a I think that's an issue for the like wider society. There, there's a nobility in wanting to win and to and to showing other people you know, what, what, what you can do with a bit of hard work, you know, it, it should hopefully motivate, you know, other people and to be fair, motivate other companies. Some of our competitors, they're just not doing it right. They're not mm. treating their staff very well. And we, you know, we interview them, <laughs> we interview them all the time. I'm, you know, that's no secret. Um, and um, yeah, I, I do feel sorry for some people that we know that work for other, other companies. Just, just going back to the culture, you're talking about how you like to look after your staff. I remember you mentioned it might have been on a recording or in a, in a private chat. Um, 
I, I think you have an audio audiobook subscription um, or, yeah. or a library within. So your staff are encouraged to, you know, take out books and uh, what, around self development or, or various other subjects. What what other kind of work cultures um, have you have you brought in, and how how do you see it benefiting the people that work with you? So there, there's a big, you know, in the early days, um, if you ask the outsider looking in, and this did annoy me for, for some years, it, it you know, it, it seemed a work hard, play hard type atmosphere. Um, you know, when there's 15, 15 mates all predominantly from, a, you know, that have known each other for a number of years, that, that, that that's going to be difficult not to be the case um but as you know as we've grown as a business it's it's a it's an environment of self-improvement um you know health well-being we have well-being weeks we've got we do a huge amount of charity um we collect for food bank pretty much all year round um and yeah, you're right. We've got a character West library, which is a physical books on some shelves that they can check out. We've got an online portal where they can review the books and sort of suggest it for their colleagues. We've got, and then we moved into Audible. So yeah, you're right. So we've, so everyone can have an Audible account. We pay for that every month. Um, and you know, you, 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 you'll hear people talking in the kitchen about, oh, I've read about this and I read about that. And you know, they, they, they can be talking about books that are a few years old or 70 years old, and they're pulling out all these techniques and they're sharing it amongst the staff. And that's Carrington West now. Um, you know, and we do this for the benefit of our staff to then benefit our clients and our candidates. Um, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a hugely progressive and forward thinking organization. Um, and you can tell that from our staff retention. Our staff retention is 93% annually. In the recruitment industry, I think the average is around about 60. Um, so we, we we don't lose staff, we retain them. That's how we've grown so quickly. It's not because of the number of people we take on. You know, they're not falling off the end of the conveyor belt. You talked about the early days where it was a good good laugh. You had your mates, you were working in the garage and stuff. Do you yeah. Are you working in a, in a different kind of operation now? Completely different monster? Yeah, we are. Um, you know, we we you know the, the 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 founders, if you like, still get together. We're you know we're we're due to do something in the next couple of weeks together, but quite honestly, we can go, you know, six weeks without seeing each other in in the in the same room. It's quite a big open plan room, um, and we've got flexi working, and we, you know, people work from home a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it's a different environment, but it, it's got to be. You know, we we owe it to um, our staff to, to 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 be different, to be better um and you know to have those points of contact where it sort of filters down and everyone you know everyone's got sort of three to five people to look after and no more um whereas you know it was it was back in the early days it was a bit of a it was a bit of a you know a flat hierarchy sort of thing and everyone just you know everyone just did everything and i think that's kind of like a lesson you know people a lot of people start businesses and they want it to be so controlled and so um you know kind of neat and clean when they first start um it's never going to be like that you know it, it's we, we i'm a firm believer to, to create something big from absolutely nothing and we're talking two gloves a wallpaper paste table and some laptops you've got to create a huge mess you know you get in there you create a massive mess you you do, you do the best you possibly can for your client if there's any ever an issue you give that personal touch to get it you know you create a big noise a big mess and and a couple of years in you start to go right what happened if we did that what happened if we did that you start to systemize you start the process you start to improve you start to look at competitors you know but you can't do that unless you create a big bonfire of, of, of like hell basically um and you know don't be wrong I'll, we'll come on to it but my, my biggest strength is systems and processes and people you know i used to get the mickey taken out of me all the time um no there's a process for that don't forget this there's there's a checklist for this but that's how you grow a business and turn it into a large animal um so yeah it's, it's massively different now and it's hugely corporate um you know if we want to if we want to take time off we've got to put it onto a we've got to request it basically on a portal um but you know <laughs> what why, why not and, and and i think um you know it, we we do from from a couple of years in everything we've ever done is 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 was to be scalable yeah and that that's that's the sort of the I say the price you pay for for scaling and growth. I suppose it's it's yep. the natural journey of any company that grows as large as Carrington West. Um, just yeah, I've got to say I, I don't really operate in the corporate world. I never have done. But uh, as an outsider looking in and um, 
and someone that knows you personally and, and a couple of your associates, you know, huge hats off. What you've achieved is is remarkable, really. So, um, yeah, very well done to you. Um, before we come on to your general kind of business business lessons and, and mindset points, uh, you, you've got a couple of other projects that you that you do. Yep. So, um, uh, me and a me and a few other mates that you know very well. We 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 um, we sort of run a restaurant, or um, well, I, I don't run it. Um, our, our our colleague Paul does a great job of running it. He's also a director, um, so we've got that uh, sort of pub slash restaurant in in Southsea. Um, and I'm starting to get a bit more into the property side of things now. Got a, you know started a small property business. I'm excited to see where that can go. Um, Hopefully, we'll JV one day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, I don't really know what I'm doing. So um, <laughs> neither do I. No, exactly. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, ironically, I've probably learned more about how to run a business from Croxton's, which is our, which is our, which is our pub. Um, even though it's you know just a bit of fun side project with with, with some mates, then I then I have with Carrington West because, you know, Carrington West got so quite big quite quickly that we were we were we were taken away quite forcibly in some areas off the accounts you know you don't manage this anymore you don't manage that we've got a finance director so you only it was only a fleeting moment that we saw the, the, the full spectrum obviously we, we have management reports and monthly meetings and PL and we understand it all now but i wouldn't have the i wouldn't have the faintest idea about uh, how our how our finances work you know in an intricate fashion whereas obviously with with cash flow you know we don't really need to worry about cash flow um i've got to be honest but obviously with the restaurant it's all cash flow it's this and it's a bit it's a you know it's a bit more hands-on it's actually teaching me a bit more um even though it's only really sort of like a few minutes a week but you do you know it's good to learn that yeah um, I, I can speak from experience in the hospitality industry as well it's um it's not always plain sailing and uh you know you do need to require a bit more bootstrapping yeah uh, various, various other things like that so simon let's move on now to business lessons yep um uh, and, and scaling because you've obviously gone from uh, very small business just the two of you up to how many employees do you have now 67 uh, um we've just had a bit of a recruitment drive so i think it's in the 70s now okay yeah so i mean that's a, that's a huge workforce um so any, any lessons you want to pass on so um I, I think first thing if you're going into business with a partner um and there's f- sort of four of us here now um you need to sit down beforehand and and be honest about what you want the outcome to be now that is such a simple sort of lesson it's almost embarrassing to pass it on and and i don't want to teach anyone to suck eggs but quite honestly you i've experienced companies where where one director thinks it's going to be x the other company director thinks it's going to be y they end up five years in and this and they're you know subconsciously trying to pull the company in different different areas it's like are you building it to exit are you building it to make a huge social impact you know do you want to do you want to is this a lifestyle business for you you know sometimes both scenarios or four scenarios can all be met but you need you need to write that down you almost need to sign it on a on a piece of paper right this is my intention for it this is my intention for it so when you when you you know you know once you know everyone's motivations you can sort of understand their actions a bit more um but in 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 terms of scaling um you know it's very very simple it's taking what you do well and doing more of it you know some people you know you see online we talk about it don't we you know, some of these clowns on instagram will try and overcomplicate things as much as they possibly can so that they can then sell you um you know some sort of magic potion to to to, to, to make things easy you know it's essentially very easy you just need to replicate what you're doing and do it well um culture is everything you know culture company culture is the stuff that happens when you're no longer there or you you've got two weeks off it's just what people do naturally because they they're in a room where that's what people do um and you know you you need to work from the end point backwards you need to know exactly where you're going um you know almost like a guided missile i know we've got uh we've had a mindset moment on it haven't we um obviously on the goals it's very very similar um so yeah, that that would be my advice on scaling. And, and I think you know, you, you know, the minute if you are in a business where you've got different personalities, I think the minute that someone goes against your core values um, and the core values of the company, um, they they need to go. Um, you know, we we give everyone a lot of time um, to, to to get things right. But if they're actively not um, representing the company and, and and their colleagues in the right way, they need to go. And and you you'll grow much quicker if you haven't got those people around. 
It's a really good point you make about overcomplicating things. Yeah. It's one of my sort of bugbears in life, really. And we, we've spoken about it time and time again. And um, one of our guests, um, Dodge Whittle, is big on this as well. Um, people like to overcomplicate things. And it's just so, most of the time so unnecessary. Yeah. The, the, the mantra, keep it simple. It's, I can't sort of echo that enough, really, how 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 that kind of works and like you say the the with the invention of the internet it's just flooded with people trying to overcomplicate life and it yeah. really really doesn't have to be what what's your main strength would you say so um we, we've touched on it but it, it's it's the abilities i suppose to look at something from a tenth for thousand view um and you know I, I look at businesses like like a machine so um the, the people and the processes are, are the cogs um, of which I'm also a cog um, and, and the activity and the effort and the outbound effort is the petrol that goes into it. And I can just, I don't know, I've just got this ability to just think uh, two to three months in the future about a bottleneck here, an issue here. Why don't we, you know, why don't we do things like this slightly differently? And as I said, you know, back in the day, you almost used to be a bit of a joke here, but um yeah, I think hopefully, you know, we all, all, all four or five of us that are obviously sort of involved in the startup um, bring our own huge strengths. And, and and I've been told separately by each one of them that, that they really appreciate that. that's my, my main strength. And it's, you know, um, it, sometimes it doesn't just stay at, at work. I can I can take it home, you know, I'll tell, um, you know, there'll be a new there'll be a new process to do in the washing uh, every now and then and um, you know it can get quite on top of people <laughs> systemization i, I think systemization. It's, a good, it's, it's a good point that you you make there about people bringing different strengths to the table um yep. it's you, you you know you, you can grow quickly through collaboration you know it's the power of leverage isn't it and um you can't be good at everything i think you've mentioned before as well about specializing in a certain area yeah um, it, it's got huge benefits so mindset and entrepreneur entrepreneurial mantras i'll get my get my words out properly um what what do you what do you, what do you kind of live by so i think the four main what well, i mean you know, i could go on forever but the four main things i think you need to to succeed really um in terms of in terms of your mindset in, in terms of what i've done anyway you know not everyone listening to this is going to want to you know the last thing they want, would, would want to do is maybe even start a business maybe even grow it large but if you are going to try and do something that i've done um and, and my colleagues have done here um you need resilience absolutely and 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 do you know what i'm not seeing a lot of resilience out there at the moment um really not um simply outlasting your competition can 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 get you somewhere um humans are flaky humans give up that sometimes at the slightest um a bit of effort some people just flop and don't and don't carry on do you think um, the past um 12 18 months has had anything to do with that with the pandemic and stuff um no yeah possibly now but i mean i've seen it i've seen it for years um yeah and you know I, personally i think resilience is a muscle that can you know the good news is you can you can develop it um i always use a sort of analogy here to, to the guys coming in or you know in in the, the final round interview i say to them look you the, this is not going to be easy this will be the hardest six months of your life this will be the hardest 12 months of your life um and i always use an analogy that you know you 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 sort of go on those sort of training camps, you know, those assault courses, you've got that big tunnel that's full of water and it's dark. And I say, look, the first six months is you going into this tunnel, right? You don't know how long it is. You don't know, you know, you don't know whether you'll come out, but if you kick your legs and your team, the other side, pull you out, i.e. the company between us both, you'll get there. Um, and it's, it's, it's like, it's like starting any business or starting a role in recruitment. You're paid your least when it's hardest. Okay. You, you don't you haven't got any sales it's the hardest it's the hardest time when you're not earning any money so you, <laughs> that's an easy time to quit five years down the line you've got your clients you've got your customers if you've treated them well and they've told people you know it's going to be much easier and guess what you're going to get paid for it so a lot of you know god knows how many good ideas and businesses have failed and flopped just because people just don't don't carry on um you know there, there, there's a you, you see online don't you on, on instagram you know the average millionaire has got seven streams of income it's rubbish you know they might have 
after they've made a few million, yeah, they might have a, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I, we didn't even think about starting a restaurant with my mates until we were like year eight or nine. You, know, you don't even think about it. But you, people don't become wealthy or, or, or they don't make a million pounds by having seven different business ideas. It's going in on one and fully seeing it through. Then further down the line, if you want to do some bits and bobs for a bit of interest, yeah, fair enough. But it's, it's doing something and not jumping around. Stay on course um, and see it through, basically. That's the first one. And and secondly, you know, yes, I like to systemize. Yes, I like to process. Yes, I like things to be easier, quicker, cheaper, more efficient. But not in the early days. In the early days, I think there's something to be said for just doing things the hard way. You know, if you do something the hard way, it's going to teach you that resilience. Um, and, and, it, and it's going to be able to, you know, you, you're going to feel good about what you've done. You've learned the hardest way to do it. And then it'll only get easier. And people just try and do things, you know, and cut corners from, from like, you know, week one. It's just not going to happen. Um, you know, I, I'm a, you know, you've always got to have goals or at least some sort of some sort of predetermined direction for either your life or business. That's that's a given. Um, and, and as we mentioned before, you know, you've got to see happiness in the progress. Um, if you get if you you know on day one of, of starting in a garage if you think you're gonna you know if you're if you're upset because you haven't got 70 people in a nice big shiny office you're gonna be upset for 10 years okay so you've got to you've got to you know you make your first sale great happiness you know you 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 know your website launches you you know do you know what i mean you you've got to find happiness in every little step of the way otherwise you're going to spend years and years and years miserable and then finally i think just just to get organized um you know there's 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 no there's no such thing necessarily as, as time management. I think you only really manage yourself. Um, and if you've got, you know, we've spoken about it before, if you've got 100 units of energy, you need to decide where those 100 units of energy are going. Um, you know, I, I've got, these days I've got sort of, as I said, one big company. We've, uh, we, two, you know, two much smaller companies coming out of a pandemic. We've just moved house. Um, I've got two babies under two years old. One of them is not slow. I sleep about four hours a night. Um, in there, I've got to try and see my friends, my family. Um, I'll go to the gym. You know, I've got more time to do that now because I'm more organised than I did four or five years ago when I only came to work for eight hours a day. So if you timetable stuff and you're organised with it and you know why you're working towards stuff, you, you, um, you know, you'll end up getting there. Some valuable, valuable advice there. Advice to someone starting out i've got written down what what would your yeah your advice to be someone who's starting out now okay um so similar sort of theme really but i'd say you need to get clear on what you want to do in, in five years time you know or, or a certain time period you need to be uh, specific about that you know and and it depends on what you want to do but if again i can only call on what i've done so if you want to do something similar to to, to what me and the guys have done here you've got to think big you've got to think way bigger than you've ever thought because you owe it to the people you know that, that come in to, to they got to see their whole dreams and, and their aspirations and what they want to do and what their family life wants to look like inside your big dream so you need to think really big um you need to get what you want down on paper you need to work every day towards it you need to track the results um and i'd say you know and, and i'm my one regret really is to not have been obsessed with reading and and self-development way way back at the start you that's know, the same from, for me yeah, yeah i have to say yeah, yeah. you know you, you've you've got to you know read every day if you can if, if you can't audible um you know podcasts are great you know and, and it's kind of what's led to this interest but you need to fill your ears with with speeches ted talks um you know podcasts of people that have done what you want to do you know you need to you know just 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 even if you just go for a quick walk, even if you're falling off to sleep, just get a podcast in, in your ear. Um, and, you know, before you know it, subconsciously, you're always working towards this, um, obviously, this goal. Um, and as I've said, you know, get get focused, but don't forget to make that big mess. Make a huge statement, a huge mess. You know, don't worry too much about, oh, you know, I'm, I'm bookkeeping this month's a bit late. For the first two years, you've got free pass, in my opinion. You know, your, your, your accountant will come knocking if they want something, you know, outsource absolutely everything so you can just concentrate on what you're good at. Um, What's this saying? You've got to, got to break some eggs to make an omelette. That, there, there you go. That's, that's exactly it. Um, and then finally, I'd, um, you know, you re, you, the, the only way you're going to fail then is if you've got a bit of self-doubt, everyone's going to have a bit of that. you just got to fight through that. Um, but the other, the other doubt, 
you, you can have is external and that's from other people so you need to limit your time around uh, the doubters basically um you know maybe keep someone close to you that 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 constantly takes the, the mickey out of what you want to do because as we know as we've seen that can work um but certainly keep you know keep the people that tell you that you're that you're not going to do anything you know keep keep you know just just distance yourself from them um you know i these days i expect you know i expect to win i expect to do well um and winning is more you know this is this is environmental as it is internal you know, you're you're more like you know you're you're more likely to 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 not to not do well because of your environment rather than what's going on in your mind. So you need to augment your environment. You need to make sure that the people around you are going to support that. If not, you have got to get rid of them. What's your on, on that note? We've we've talked about the, the doubters and 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 surrounding yourself with good people. What what's your what's your main drivers? My main drivers, I suppose, um, are. Uh, you know, I, I look at my parents and I look at how far they they came. Basically, um, that is a big driver for me. Um, whether I've ever told them that, I'm not too sure. Um, I'm sure but, Keith's listening, so he can. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they are. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think you know it's, it's it's difficult, isn't it? You, you sort of you know you, you you get to meet people and then. And then after maybe a year or so, or you you know you go on a you, you go on a stag do, you go to one of their family parties, and and you and you and you witness the family setup, and you think, Christ, yeah, I get it now. And and you you don't realise how sort of innate all of this stuff becomes, you know, from from people's upbringing. But I think a big driver for me is is obviously is 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 that you know I want to I want to do well for 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 them, and 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 ultimately now and, and obviously and the main one is for, is for for our children. Um, you know, I want to be a good role model. Um, I, I want to, you know, I don't want my sons to, to go to school and go, oh, my dad's got a flash car and a, and a, and a, and a boat and he's got a big company. And that, that would be, that, that would upset me. I want my kids to go to school and go, God, you know, my dad takes me to football. Um, he, you know, he, he reads to us every night. Um, he's a great dad. We really love him. That's my driver. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, great point you make there. Uh, and in fact, we've got a, uh, I've not told you this yet, but <laughs> we've got a mindset moment coming up based around uh, that very subject. So um, yeah, that, that'll yeah. be coming out soon. Um, just going to wrap up. I think we've got a few minutes left. Um, so what does the future look like, Sai? What's what's your plans? Where, where are you going in life? So, um yeah, I've got, I've got some, I've got some big ambitions, some big goals. Um, I, I usually keep them to myself. Um, but I would hear we're looking to to grow consistently now. Um, we've had we've had the pandemic. We actually did grow during the pandemic. Um, we actually grew by seven staff during the pandemic, which is like unheard of. Um, however, we owe it to the people here. We've just done a, a huge sort of um, kind of management training scheme. So we've got about fifteen amazing people on that that are all looking to just develop their career. Um, and you know, there's going to be nowhere for them to go unless unless we just don't, you know keep growing. So we want to get this. We've got 100 seats in this office. You know, next stops to, to fill this. Then we'll have to then then that's a new platform to then take a breath and and, and have a breath. But yeah, you know, I'd, I'd expect us to really start to show up um, a hell of a lot more and more in, in our markets now. Um, personally, um, you know, I want to explore the property thing a bit a bit more. Um, and you know, um, keep keep having fun with our, our our restaurant and our bar, and obviously this podcast. You know, it, I think we've 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 done some we've done some decent stuff. Our guests have done some amazing things, um, and you know, our mission with this podcast really is for people to 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 hopefully listen to get some value out of it in terms of um, in terms of mindset and and to learn from the guests and their success strategies and, and what's what's you know what's um, help those guys do what they've done but also to to make people realize that everyone has faced the same struggles on their way to achieve something and it could be anything you know if, if you if you if you you know want to start a sort of small cookie business you, you're going to you're going to experience the same issues that we started when we started here self-doubt um, people taking the mickey at you etc etc so I, I want to make sure that people realize that to do anything there's going to be big hurdles you've just got to go through them it comes back to that resilience bit so obviously yeah excited to see where this podcast can go 
Um, and yeah, just carrying on, just, um, you know, setting annual goals off, off the back of a big vision, really. There isn't, there isn't a cookie cutter method to any of this, but there are themes. There are yeah. themes. If you listen to uh, what we've said and, and more importantly, what our guests have said throughout this series, there are themes to, um, to getting where you want to be goal setting obviously being something that you're you're big on as well and um yeah I, I, to be honest I've, I've got the bug for this podcast i didn't really know when we started out where we'd be going but i think quickly we've formulated a plan of of what we want to do and I, i'm thoroughly enjoying it I, I can't speak for yourself but i um i i've really really enjoyed it so far and i'm i'm excited to see where we can take it too great to chat today simon i knew yeah. i knew some of that but i didn't know all of it um so yeah i've taken a bit of inspiration from from some of the points that you made as well and i shall definitely be acting on acting on them so yeah just want to say thanks very much simon for having the chat today no thank you very much thank you and um yeah hopefully people can carry on leaving our uh, obviously the reviews um and you know if you've if you found value in this at all um you know just try and tell one other person about it because i think that's that's how these things grow um and um as i said we have you know we, we are doing this to to impact others and there is a there is a message behind it so hopefully you know the more people you tell the more reviews you can leave um the more you support our social media hopefully the the, the further that message will go yeah that's it well thanks again simon uh, that's it for another mindset musings podcast we'll see you again next time that's it for another mindset musings podcast Thank you for listening. We really do appreciate our listeners and the feedback that we receive. We hope you have either been entertained or gained something of value from the show. If you have, can we please ask you to leave us a five-star iTunes review or a review wherever you feel is relevant. Please feel free to follow us on Instagram at mindset.musings. Our personal Insta handles are included in the bio. Drop us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.